You're listening to English with Monty, the podcast about the English language. Today we're talking about British idioms. Hello there, and welcome to English with Monty. We are on to episode 29. I've done a few eight minute English things in between, but now I have the man of the moment of every moment. Gideon is back in town. Hi, Gideon. Oh, I like that introduction. Hello, <laughs> John. Sounds good, doesn't it? I've been watching presenters trying to beef it up a bit, make、yeah. you seem more exciting. That I really am. Yeah, yes. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate it anyway. I didn't like、efforts. to say that. I, I think everybody loves you. You sound like Graham Norton somehow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm used to I don't know, sitting on the sofa and interviewing famous people like Matt Damon. Yeah. You know, I'm yeah. not intimidated by people like you.、Um, I can't wait for the Matt Damon podcast to come out. It's been a long time in editing. It's probably been a good year or so, hasn't it? You've just got to get things right. Today, we're going to do something really. British, I guess. British idioms. I thought British idioms were worth covering. Obviously, Monty is in London. And for a lot of the listeners, as they are in the UK, then I thought it'd be nice to talk about some idioms. Why do we use idioms? Well, it just seems like a good idea. It sort of livens up the topic, doesn't it? And just one phrase can encompass a great many thoughts as well. It's kind of like a library. Idioms are like a library, aren't they? How am I going to express that? Oh, I'll check in this idiom library. This one seems very appropriate. Kind of like condensing something into something a bit smaller, isn't it? That、yeah. everybody understands. And then also, as well, I think as a native speaker, it's nice to hear idioms, isn't it? I mean, at any time I hear an idiom from somebody who's a non native speaker, it sounds really nice to me. So, I mean, you don't. Really need to use idioms a lot of times, but sometimes I don't know, it just sort of livens up the expressions. Like, for example, instead of saying that was easy, you could say that was easy peasy lemon squeezy. Yeah, you could. <laughs> is that <laughs> an idiom? I don't know if it's an idiom. Is that an idiom? No, it's something yes, you say、yeah. as a child, isn't it? It's just a rhyming、yeah. thingy, isn't it? For some strange reason, that is the first one that came into my head. Okay, a very good example. Thank you. We do have a bit of a list, don't we? So we're going to pick a few out. They're supposedly classic British idioms. And、okay. obviously, you're a bit of an expert. You can give the background on the idioms or possibly tell us whether they are genuinely classic British idioms. <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm an expert, but I have done some research on idioms. And I generally finish lessons when I get lessons with an idiom. I have at least one idiom. And I usually do a bit of research on where it came from. So that's why. A lot of the stories behind the idioms are false, though. That's the problem you have. A lot of nonsense written about on the internet. If you do some genuine research, you find out where it all comes from. So maybe we can clear up a few of those today. Yeah, that would be very interesting. The ball is in your court. Oh, yeah. Literally, or are you using the <laughs> idiom? Or you just to... Literally. Let's talk about that one first of all. My idea was the ball was in your court, as in you should start. It means that you are making the next move. Exactly. I don't know the origin of this one. I'm guessing it's quite obvious. It's probably from tennis or something like that. It must be from tennis, mustn't it? But there's another idiom to start the ball rolling, which could be from football or 
marbles or something, but the ball is in your court. You have to make the decision that it's time for you to make the next move. Mm, exactly. Should I give an example? Yeah, give an example. Go ahead. You're selling your chateau, John. I made yeah. you an offer which is slightly lower than the asking price. And now say, well, consider it. Tell me, let me know. The ball's in your court. It's up to you to tell me now if you accept my offer or not. My chateau is on the market for 2.7 million pounds and you've offered me 20 quid. (laughs) Yes, I put it up to 40. Brilliant. It requires a lot of renovation though. Basically, Gideon, I'm not going to beat around the bush. I think your offer is far too low. Beat around the bush, yes. Exactly. Say what you think. Stop doing other things and avoiding the issue. Beat around the bush. Do you know where that comes from? I don't. Is it actually about a bush? Like as in a small tree-like object? I think it's from hunting. It originally came from hunting where you would have like people were beating bushes in order to make a noise. And so the birds in the bushes would fly out and then they could be shot by the hunters. That's where Uh it comes from. Wow, does it? Okay, that's interesting. Don't beat around the bush. Hit the bush, and then we can start shooting. Because they're not going to come out if you beat around it. Something like that, yeah. yeah. Okay. But you could have come back to me about my chateau as well and said your chateau costs an arm and a leg. An arm and a leg, which means it's very expensive. That's interesting, because I think different languages have different expressions. I think in French, it's just an arm. And I think, I think in Spanish, it's an eye. Two Spanish listeners, something to do with an eye. Maybe I'm wrong. So I think different parts of the body for different languages. Have you got any more examples of that, John? You mean different nationalities that use similar expressions, but not quite the same? Yes, exactly. That's exactly what I mean. I think in Italian, I don't know what they say in Italian. I think they say two arms, maybe something like that. I might be wrong. Okay. Yeah, that might be wrong, though. Write in if you're an Italian. I could have got that one wrong. Your chateau costs an arm and a leg, 2.1 million. There's no way I can afford that. So. 2.7, actually. 2.7. It's a nice chateau. What can I say? It's the best thing since sliced bread, some people would say. The best thing since sliced bread, which means the best thing that I've heard for a long, long time. That's an interesting one, actually. I don't think it's, they say it's British expressions, but I think that's American. Well, I suppose I didn't use it completely correctly did i because it's more about a good invention or an innovation isn't it really the new iphone 52 is the best thing since sliced bread yeah something like that wouldn't you yeah that's better isn't it did we invent sliced bread i think i did some research on this before and there was a bread slicing machine which was invented in the u.s in the 1920s and Of course, everyone sliced bread. So it was a really revolutionary thing at the time. But then advertisers used it later on in America. They compared it to this invention because you think that was good. The bread slicing machine was good. Well, this is as good or almost as good. So it's the best thing to slice bread. So it's not British at all, John. Oh, dear. American. That's disappointing. I don't know who compiled this list, but you write an angry letter. Anyway, it's a nice (laughs) expression. Nevertheless, it's a nice expression. It is a nice expression, but we do use it a lot in Britain, don't we? I mean, even, use- if, even if it's an American expression, it is something we use. Yeah. I think we've adopted it. We have. We definitely have. The next one that comes up on here is you can't judge a book by its cover, which I think is a nice expression and can be very literal, can't it? As well as being <laughs> yeah, metaphorical. Exactly. exactly. 
Is it an idiom or isn't it just? Of course it is, because you know you're saying that you can't judge yeah. somebody or yeah. something by what they're like on the surface. It's what's inside that counts. Well, I agree with the idea. Because you could it's use it with, with a book. You could literally you? use it with a book. More common in other situations. Indeed, because if the book cover looks a bit rubbish, but then you know it's a really good book, yes. and you're like, John, I don't like the look of this book. And I say, Matt, Gideon, you can't judge the book by its cover. That's true. I just trying to think of an example where you use it with an actual person. Maybe the person's a bit of a slow thinker and seems a bit distracted. And I say, no, no, this guy's brilliant. Don't judge the book by his cover. Just judge him on his result, read his works. Something like that, yeah. Good example. I was going to ask you, actually, were there any here that you wanted to contest that are not British, other than the one that we've just contested with the sliced bread? John sent me a list. Yeah, Elvis has left the building. Why is that on a list of British expressions? Definitely not British, even though we might use it. I know the origin of this one. Maybe I should explain it. If you want to explain it, Elvis has left the building. So it means that something's come to an end, right? Something's over. Yeah, so people hanging around, you want to say, look, go home. Come on, guys, time to go home. Elvis has left the building. Why are you still here? Go home. Why Elvis? Because Elvis used to do shows and he had these groupies that used to hang around afterwards waiting for Elvis and the off chance they could meet Elvis. They wanted to see Elvis. See, Elvis would always escape through the, I know, some back entrance into his limousine. And people still hanging around. The manager would come out. So Elvis has left the building. Should go home now. Oh, wow. I would say that's also American. It is, isn't it? But would we use that that often in the UK? It seemed to be more popular now than it was in the park. I keep hearing it recently. I don't know why. It's quite funny to say that. It's quite a nice expression. Why not? I guess so, yeah. This is a nice one. I like this one. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. It's good advice. But these days we have egg cartons, so it's okay. You can probably (laughs) get away, put quite a lot of eggs in the same basket if they're in a carton. Yeah, that's true. That's not what it means, is it? It doesn't mean that at all. It's like saying that you shouldn't put all of your hope or plans or resources into one possibility, isn't it? Yes, I've invested my entire life savings on Squidcoin. Do you hear about that? Squidcoin? Is that a new Bitcoin type? Yeah, I think so. I was reading about it on the BBC that someone invented this virtual currency based on Squid Game, this Korean series. Okay. And lots of people invested. And then it dropped from a value of several thousands for one Squidcoin to zero in just a few seconds. Wonderful. Everyone lost their money. So I don't know, virtual currency is not something I know very much about. It seems very risky. In that case, in terms of an investment, then you'd put 100 quid in squid coin, but you'd also put 100 quid in octo coin and 100 quid in shark coin, right? Well, I would say you'd put 100 quid in squid coin if you really want to do that and 100 quid in the bank Uh and then 100 quid under your bed and 100 quid, I don't know, some other investment that I know very little about, antique goblets indeed each of those eggs are in different baskets if you use 100 quid on squid coin it's not a problem if you lose 100 percent of that then you're still okay you still Mm. got your money under the bed so things are not hopeless exactly spread out your risk that's what it means isn't it yeah 
Is there any one here that you think is yeah. particularly British? I don't speak British, but there's one I want to talk about. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, hit the sack. Hit the sack. I like that one. Why uh, did you choose that one? Because you like hitting the sack? I think it's something you can use every day as well. People use it all the time. And I, I find speaking to some of my students, they don't know that one so well. They would say, I'm going to bed, which is fine. Of course, I'm going to bed. But, you know, there are expressions to say that. Gonna hit the sack because I think a bed resembles a sack. Are there any other expressions? <laughs> I mean, that's the only one I can think of. Well, hitting the sack. Yes. Turning in. I'm turning in. Yeah, that's quite a good one, isn't it? Just remembering um, a Spanish expression I learned, which I think hit the sack is like, I'm going to iron my ear. <laughs> that means to go to bed. Yeah, because that's what you do at night. You iron your ear. That's Plancha curious. la oreja, I think is in Spanish. That's a curious correctly. one, isn't it? Quite nice. Does your ear get ironed? That's the question. Well, kind of. Don't look too deep at this thing. Just, just accept it for what, <laughs> for what, it, what is. it is. I'm sure the French must have a good expression for hitting the sack. I don't know a French expression. I, don't know. I can't think of one at the moment. I remember the Spanish one, not the French one. If you would like to hear more of Gideon's lovely voice on his own podcast about curious and interesting things about the English language, it's the Zeitgeist Banana. Just search for Zeitgeist Banana where you get your podcasts. You will find some wonderful and interesting stories with more of me, too. This list you've given me here, yeah, I'm not sure they're all British. They might be. British language, obviously, has been around longer than the American version. Here's one. Uh, speak of the devil. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Also, comparing to other languages, I know in French you say speak of the wolf. Ooh, that's interesting. Here, the meaning. Do you want to explain the meaning then? It's basically you're talking about somebody, aren't you? And then they suddenly appear. Yeah. It's almost as if they knew that you were talking about them and then they, they come along. Because there's also a response to that, isn't it? Where you could say, my ears are burning. Oh, is that the response? You could say, you could, say yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. if you say your ears are burning, it means that you felt somebody else was talking about you. I should say that when you say speak of the devil, it's not negative. Some people think, I'm not the devil. Why are you calling me the devil? No, it's just an expression. If I say, oh, I speak of the devil, here you are. It's actually fine to say that in front of the person. It's not rude or anything. No, it is a curious yeah. one, isn't it? The fact that that is totally fine, isn't it? We're not people... calling you the devil. No. I've people misunderstand no. one. I've got one which I do know the history of, and it's a really interesting one, and it is British mm-hmm. on your list. I've just spotted it here, mm-hmm. and that is to steal someone's thunder. Oh, I like that expression. I actually made a video on our YouTube channel, Let Them Talk TV, to subscribe if you haven't already, just about that expression. So I know a little bit about it. So tell me then. I don't remember now. It's a long time ago, but it's from a theatre in London, this writer, he had a play, he wrote a play, and in the play there was a scene of thunder. And he was thought, ah, I'm going to make a machine for this, the sound of thunder. So he sort of hooked up these different, I don't know, things, wires and boards. And when you shook it, you had the sound of thunder and it was really realistic. He goes, wow, the sound of thunder, that's great. And then 
unfortunately, the play was a failure. I can't remember the guy's name now. He's, he's lost in the history because his play was a failure. <laughs> uh, and then what happened next was that in the same theatre, I think, they had Macbeth, okay? And in Macbeth, there's also a scene of in a storm and thunder. And he went to see Macbeth. A bit sad that his play hadn't been a success, but he continued going to the theatre. And then he heard the thunder. He goes, oh, my God, that's my machine. And he wrote an angry letter to the Times, so newspaper, saying, these people have stolen my thunder. So literally, <laughs> literally they've stolen oh. my thunder. So, yes, that's a true story because a lot of sort of idiom history stories are, are fake. There's so many fake ones about, but that's actually a true one. And what it means today, still something's funny, is to take credit for somebody else, that somebody else does all the work, but you somehow take the credit. Yeah, you're stealing my thunder. Or it could also mean that something else takes the attention away from you. For example, I go to a party, I bring some cookies and... I say, look, these are my cookies. Everyone says, oh, that's nice, Gideon. And then John comes in with this amazing Black Forest Gatto, absolutely incredible. Everyone ignores my cookies and goes to John's Black Forest Gatto. I say, John, you stole my thunder there. Proud of my cookies. That's what normally happens. Yeah. Yeah. It's also not dessert, (laughs) isn't it? Like you don't deserve it in a way. It's not dessert. Did you say? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not deserved. Yeah, exactly. I guess that's the idea, isn't it? With stealing somebody's funding, is it's not deserved because you haven't put the effort in yourself. Is the Gatto one a good example? I think it's used in two ways: okay. taking the attention away and someone else taking the credit for something else. That's how I see it. Maybe I think it's okay to get my Gatto example. I think you're right. I suppose for me, I'd probably think about it more in the first way in terms of it being not deserved for yeah. example for example that guy with the thunder yeah so <laughs> i wasn't deserved <laughs> they stole it they genuinely stole it they didn't create it themselves poor guy footnote in history indeed yeah i wonder what that guy's doing now why well, he's probably dead isn't he maybe he gave them a taste of their own medicine that's a good one john dennis the 1704 john dennis while you're talking john i just did a quick google search Okay. And his name was John Dennis, 1704. For the Stealing Thunder one. Yeah. Okay. The footnote in history. And did he become successful later on? Well, have you heard of John Dennis? Uh, no. And his play was called Appius and Virginia, Drury Lane Theatre. So you, you mentioned another one. Yeah, Taste of Your one Own while Medicine. I was yes. doing something completely different. <laughs> Taste of Your Own Medicine, you do something bad... But in the end, you have to suffer the consequences. It's something like that, is it? Yeah, I guess so. I suppose the idea of being treated the way you've been treating others. So it's normally a negative one, isn't it? If, for example, I poke you in the eye intentionally. Then you get poked <laughs> in the eye. Then you give me a taste of my own medicine by poking me in the, in the eye back. That's exactly. the idea, isn't it? I love your poking the eye example, John. <laughs> right? Maybe I'm trying to think of another because we don't normally poke each other in the eye. We don't but normally, maybe, do we? That's true. Maybe one day you kept me waiting two hours and you're always keeping me waiting. And then once I'm trying to get there on time to meet you, but my plane is delayed and you have to wait because, well, I'm giving him a taste of his own medicine now. Maybe not intentionally, but he's going to have to wait for me. I'm always waiting for him. That's true. So yeah. You've had to suffer. Why have I had to suffer? 
That never happens, does it? No. More likely than poking me in the eye. <laughs> That's a good point. And I Don't wear glasses you... now. So if you poke me, you can just hit the glass. Oh, that's a good point. We usually see eye to eye, don't we? So that's good. Yeah. It sounds kind of biblical, doesn't it, to see eye to eye? It does. That's well, quite easy to understand that one. Isn't it? it is, yeah. Agree with each other. Yeah, you agree with somebody. It could be more than one person though, as well, couldn't it? It doesn't have to be just two people. <laughs> could be with Cyclops. <laughs> it could be, but that would be a bit strange. There's a serious point there, because why isn't it we see eyes to eyes? Yeah, it's a good point. We've got two eyes, so why isn't it we see eyes to eyes? Is it biblical, or, or you're not sure? I don't know. I'm not sure about the origin. Right, okay. I think that's a good expression, though, because, you know, I could say, I see eye to eye with Gideon and all of his friends. Mm-hmm. Could okay. be, you know, another two people. Okay. Have you got any more, John? I like these. I do like these too. You know, your guess is as good as mine, Gideon. Do I have any more? Your guess is, is that, that's not really an idiom though, is it? Is it not? It's expression. No, because an idiom means that the words contained in the phrase, you can't work out the meaning just by looking at the words. Mm, good so point. Something that we know, but your guess is as good as mine. Probably just an expression. So that's one's vetoed. But <laughs> that one's vetoed. It means, it means, you know, I have no idea and you probably have no idea too. So you, you decide. You simply know as much as the next person, isn't it? That's yeah. the idea, yeah. Well, I think we've covered quite a lot. Was there a final one you wanted to look at? Maybe you should give an American one. As we're doing British idioms, where maybe we should give an American one. Okay, go ahead. Because I like this one. You know, I know I'm British, but there's a lot of American expressions which we use in Britain. This one we don't use so much, but I kind of like it. It's take a rain check. Oh, yeah. Why would you use that, though? And I, I know the history, too, so that's why I'm also... That's why you're coming up with it. <laughs> I like the history, the story of it. Okay. I'll take a rain check. That's a very good American accent. Well, then. No, it's not a very good American <laughs> accent, but the meaning is interesting. Do you want to explain what it means, or shall I? It isn't taking a rain check. I sometimes get confused with this one, so I might be wrong, but I think taking a rain check is somebody invites you somewhere and you say, oh, not this time. I haven't really got time, but I'll do it next time. Exactly. I think it has two meanings, really. Mm. One, as you described it, oh, I'd love to go, but I'm busy this weekend. I'll take a rain check. Means let's do it another time. Mm-hmm. Or you could just be polite way of saying, no, I'm not interested. Yeah, good idea going to karaoke, John. But yeah, I'll take a rain check, which means no, but <laughs> I'm just being polite about this. Maybe some other time, maybe never. The origin is very interesting. It comes from baseball mm. because... When it rains, I'm not, I don't know much about baseball. <laughs> when it rains or whenever it is, they used to give checks. So the game is cancelled, but they would give you this rain check, which you could use another time to see the baseball game on another occasion. So you wouldn't have to pay because this one was cancelled because of the weather. Mm-hmm. So that's where it comes from. It's literally receive a rain check, which would claim your game another time. So when it wasn't raining, you could come with this you go yeah, exactly you go back and said i've got my rain check here can i come in oh, here you are. yeah sure okay so it's not like a waterproof check <laughs> no why would you want a waterproof check it's called a credit card i think maybe yeah good point that's very quick of you you are playing with a full deck playing with a full deck which means you're doing very well very smart <laughs> Normally, we say not playing with a full deck don't you okay. it says that you lack intelligence in some way or common sense yeah. 
hit the nail on the head may have been a better expression. Hit the nail on the head. Yes, means you're exactly right. Because when you yeah. hit the nail on the head, the head of the nail, it goes straight into the wall, doesn't it? It does, yeah. So you're matching somebody's feelings or point of view, aren't you, in that expression? Because I would say it to you, you've hit the nail on the head. That was exactly what I was thinking. God, you're a genius. When you said that everybody should subscribe to Let Them Talk TV and listen to my podcast, Zeitgeist Banana, you really hit the nail on the head, John. I, I did. Yes. So do you want to explain a bit more about Let Them Talk TV? I thought I just had. Oh, yes. You, <laughs> you must have an idioms episode. You told us about an idioms episode. Do you want to promote that one? I have got lots on idioms. I've got one called 101 idioms in 13 minutes or something like that. And I've got wow. another one or 10 idioms. And then I've done this one. I'll tell you a secret, John. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you a secret. Don't tell anybody else. I won't, apart from the listeners. Don't tell anybody else. And I'm having sort of a moral dilemma here. Mm. And this is absolutely true. I made a video about Bob's your uncle. Okay. Mm-hmm. The expression Bob's your uncle, which means like, voila, there you are. You do this, you do that. And Bob's your uncle, it's done. That's a very British expression, which I'm surprised <laughs> you didn't mention, by the way. Should have mentioned it. You've mentioned it so, now, so that's fine. Yeah. How do you do podcasts? Yeah, you just press the play button, you record it, and then you release it. And Bob's your uncle it, uh, on Spotify or Apple Tunes or whatever you use. But I did a video, which has been quite successful, actually, where I included the history of the idiom, Bob's your uncle. Mm-hmm. And as I was complaining before, a lot of these history of idioms, these idiom tales are incorrect. And that one's wrong. I'm going to have to correct it. I'm going to correct it soon. It's not right. I found out that it's, what's the technical word? Bollocks. <laughs> but it's so famous that the origin is really famous, but it's not correct. I did some research on it. It's just not correct. Wow. You can see the video make an angry comment if you like no one actually noticed that everyone criticized me whenever i make a tiny mistake on any video i get criticized no 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 it's not like that it's like that no 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 you know you got it wrong but on this particular one it's completely wrong the whole video is wrong and no one noticed so what does that say i mean it's a bit like the donald trump's moment isn't it just make huge mistakes and nobody cares i guess so small mistakes it's a problem isn't it yeah. People like to pick up on small things. That's changed my life in a way. I didn't know that. <laughs> I always use that expression, Bob's your uncle. Yeah. Well, you still use the expression, just be skeptical of the origin stories. Okay. I'll be very skeptical. And you've got a podcast. And we have hmm. a podcast called Zeitgeist Banana. And we have this great guy who appears regularly on this podcast. And he goes by the name of John. Common name. It is a common name. He sounds like a very nice guy. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It could be you, actually. It could well be, couldn't it? Listen to Zeitgeist Banana. There's some interesting stuff on there. You've just released an episode on criticisms, haven't you? Or just about to release it. Yeah. Yeah. We talk Um, about how to criticize people politely. Indeed. In a very British way. So that's good. So thanks for listening. Take care. You've been listening to English with Monty. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave me a donation online via our website. Monty is a small independent company and I do all the editing myself. I would suggest £2.50 to buy me a coffee or £5 for a beer. MontyEnglish.co.uk 
then just click on the podcast button at the top. You can donate here. Thank you. I appreciate it.